Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Matt Crane. Welcome, man. Hey, how you doing, Simon? Thanks for coming on. Matt Crane is a former athlete turned entrepreneur. Matt is also the host of the Power of Great podcast and co-founder of Master Your Limits Consulting Company. Matt believes that your current situation is not your defining moment. Matt, tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks. Yeah, no problem. So, um, you know, I, I do have the Power of Great podcast. I'm also the sales and marketing manager for Rush Impact Media and Rush Impact Marketing. And um, I believe that your current situation is not your defining moment. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Tammy, and together we have two boys, Dalton and Riley, and uh, just happy to be here. So Matt, let's jump into our first topic uh, without wasting any time. If you could teach everyone in the audience just one thing, something that you feel has been the biggest contributor to successes so far, what would that be? Take chances. You know, too many people don't take enough chances and, and they talk like, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about, I call it the New Year's resolution phenomenon, Simon. So many people are always looking to resolve something. Not enough people are looking to solve a problem. So you solve problems by taking risk, by taking chances, by moving off a decision. So I would tell anyone in business right now, if you're not satisfied with where you are, if you're not satisfied with where your current business is, or if you're in a job and you want to move into owning and running a business, you've got to take that chance. Take the risk. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of different uh, philosophies on that topic. Um, and some people believe that entrepreneurs are not risk takers. And uh, some, some believe that entrepreneurs are risk takers. Uh, could you give me an example where you personally took a chance and uh, took that risk, Matt? Well, I definitely believe that that people are, you know, they, they, they need to be risk takers. And I think everybody takes a risk at some point, you know. Um, but for me, it was in 2015 when I was introduced to a live streaming app called Periscope. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I didn't know anything about live video. I knew nothing about <laughs> live streaming. Um, and I jumped on, took a chance to just start. I had one viewer on my first live stream. I could have quit then. I could have got discouraged, but I took another chance and I had zero viewers on my second live stream. Once again, I could have just quit, but I took another chance. And on my third one, one viewer. So in a total of three live streams, Simon, I had two total viewers and both of them were my wife. <laughs> okay? But but I could have I could have quit. I could have got discouraged and I, and I could have said, oh, well, the risk wasn't worth the reward. Right. However, the fourth live stream. I, I was doing a review of Grant Cardone's 10X rule, and guess who showed up on the live stream? Grant Cardone himself. And what happened? In a matter of 20 minutes, I went from one zero and one viewer to over 10,000 viewers on a live stream, and the rest was history. So that's when I talk about taking risks. I put myself out there. I exposed myself, and um, because I was diligent in taking the risk of, of continuously going through the process, uh, it paid off. So uh, you were periscoping live. Uh, Grant came on uh, and watched you live and probably tweeted about it, or what was the process? Oh, he came on, and not only did he come on, he started to interact with me on the periscope. Then he shared it out to all his periscope followers, 
and then he retweeted that out to his networks, and man, it just blew up from there. So ten thousand people showed yes, up. Yes, I had ten thousand. Overall, I think after you take the live viewers and the replay viewers, I think it wound up being somewhere around twenty thousand people. So now that that spike happened, how many people uh, became your fans? Became your raving followers? Uh, I'm, I've heard about that thing quite quite a few times. For example, a guest blog for, for from a really authority site. That spike of traffic comes in for just a few days. But tell me, how many of those people kind of you kept contact with? I would probably say over half, and, and here's why, Simon, is because these live streaming apps, especially Periscope, it's an out of sight, out of mind. There's so many people that are Periscoping at once. So when I say 20,000 live viewers, um, you know, some may have just popped on and were registered and then didn't watch anything. Um, but, but here's what I tell everybody to that pack is that Grant did his part by getting me exposure. I had to do my part by staying engaged with these people, by continuously putting out content and starting to create more of a foundation and more of a consistent structure. So when most people say that they got a spike and, and they lose it, I would say that 90, 95% of that is the, is the individual's fault because they didn't take advantage of that. And they, they weren't being consistent enough to stay in front of that consumer or that potential person's mind. So I would tell you that for me, Simon, I, I retained probably half of those and, and and continue to retain them to this day. So tell me, how did you go from that Periscope moment when Grant Cardone uh, tweeted about you, uh, brought that huge traffic to starting your own business? Well, it, it, you know, obviously when a guy like him shows up, it, it boosts your confidence, and it gives you kind of, you know, it kind of gives you energy and it, it says, hey, you, you almost feel invincible for a moment. But what I was able to notice was that when I went back and watched the replay, people were responding to me because Grant got them there. You know, more people were asking me questions versus trying to talk to Grant inside that platform. And that spoke volumes to me, meaning that whatever I was saying was resonating with them. And um Someone in the audience kept referring to every time I would say this is the power of great. And then I would say power of great communication or power of great live streaming. People were just spiking up their communication. That's when I knew I was on something. And, and I and I created the concept, the power of great podcast. And uh, the rest is history, man. I love that. Uh, so let's talk about numbers. People in the audience love to hear about numbers. How well is your business doing right now? Oh man, we're we're doing we're doing phenomenal. Um, you know, Rush Impact Media. We just we just came off of a great event in New Hampshire with um, a, an automotive company that we uh, we work with. We did a staffed event for them, and from that staffed event, we were able to move uh, more cars in six days for them than they do in thirty days. So um, business is doing great as far as the podcast is concerned. Simon, I'm I'm honored that. I've grown that thing to over 150,000 downloads in a little over six months since I launched it. Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, just recently was voted by CIO Magazine as one of the top 26 entrepreneurial podcasts to listen to in 2017, and I made the list as a rookie. That's uh, that's huge. That's huge. How do you feel about that? Because I've been podcasting for, what, nine months, and it's been a really, really long journey. Well, first of all, I feel phenomenal about it because I'm, I'm mentioned with the likes of John Lee Dumas. I mentioned with the likes of Tim Ferriss. I mentioned with the likes of Lewis Howes, which these are guys that I that I um, wanted to emulate and looked up to. Pat Flynn, Jeremy Slate. Um, so 
for me, Simon, here's what I, I, I feel validated because I didn't have a book. I didn't have a opt in an email list, a network, none of that. Uh, all I had was the desire to want to create a podcast and the, the willingness to do whatever it took to get that podcast out there and, and to make it the very best. So uh, I'm, I'm completely humbled by that. So let's talk about growth, and that's a perfect segue. Uh, how did you grow your podcast to where it is today? Give us some uh, specific examples how people in the audience can do the same, grow their businesses. Well, I think what you have to do is, is that for me, one of the things that, that I pride myself on is I'm very authentic. So I don't script the podcast. Very much like this one, Simon, and I think you're doing a great job with uh, what you're doing here, is that I believe that so many people are used are, are so used to scripts. And while scripts are important and, and, and giving people questions in advance, it makes people robotic. It makes them rigid. So when you can create authentic information and you can create authentic podcasting, number one, the audience buys into it and listens to it more. But the second thing that I do is... I make sure that I create a, bed, a, a big enough relationship with all the guests that are coming on my show where they're also sharing that information out with their audience as well. Because here's the deal. I see so many podcasters that put all their heart and soul into it, and they do a great job to get the guest um, visible and to, to let the guest have a platform, and then the guest doesn't do anything for them. They don't share it. They don't comment. They don't tweet it out. They don't put it out through their network. And that's where I take the secondary approach is that I want to leave so much value with the guest that comes on the show that they have no choice but to share that out with their networks as well. Yeah, that is a really good strategy. Whenever you publish a podcast episode, you uh, give uh, social links to the people who were on your guest and they will share that podcast episode with their audience. So Matt, tell me when you first got it started with podcasting, was that as scary as doing that first ever Periscope Live? Yes, because no matter how good you think you are and no matter how talented you think you are, it's a whole different realm when you hit record and you got to carry the whole thing. Um, and here's the deal. I think you can research and you can write notes and you can do everything. But in the podcasting realm, 10 minutes seems like 10 hours. So it was probably the most nerve wracking thing I've done outside of asking my wife to marry me and hitting that live stream button for the first time. So how long uh, did it take you to feel comfortable hitting that record button? Um, very comfortable, I'd probably say, after, after the Grant Cardone. Uh, when Grant Cardone showed up on the live stream, it, it really much took away any doubts that I had. And um, I was comfortable from then on. I think what makes you more comfortable, though, Simon, is the consistency, creating that consistent behavior. So... I'll tell people this, <clears throat> starting something one time is great, okay, and having a great return on that investment might be even better, but if you're not willing to do it time and time again, even when you think no one's listening or no one's watching, then it's worthless. You've always got to be consistent no matter what the circumstances are. I think that's a perfect point. Uh, this podcast, what are you listening right now? We've been doing it for a year. And for a year, every Tuesday and Thursday, I've been doing recordings. And I never do any recordings any other day. I, th I think it's an interesting approach that you just talked about. I want to talk about Grant Cardone for a bit. I just uh, read his book, uh, Be Obsessive or Be Average. And that was a really interesting read for me. Uh, if any of the listeners don't know who Grant Cardone is, uh, he's a really successful businessman, a real estate mogul, uh, 
his net worth is around $400 million. Uh, Matt, do you resonate with him? He's a really, uh, really obsessive guy. Oh, without question. I mean, Grant is the reason why I'm at where I'm at today. You know, I spent the last $50 that I had uh, over two years ago on a program called How to Make Millions on the Phone with him, a webinar. I uh, got an ebook and a bunch of other products, and uh, my life has changed immensely since then. So, uh, you know, while I give myself the credit of putting in the time and the effort and the heartache and the blood, sweat, and tears to get where I'm at, having a guy like Grant with the content and the information that's helped me, helped be my, you know, my coach and my mentor has been instrumental. But there's a part of that book, Simon, that I resonate with more than anything. And Grant says in that book, you've got to starve the doubt and you got to feed the beast. And that means, you know, that's how I operate every single day is that there's doubt that's going to come from your family, going to come from outsiders, going to come from colleagues, going to come from people that um, you're going to try to do business with. There's going to be all this doubt, but you have to feed the beast, which is your confidence and which is your ability. And as long as you're feeding those two things based on activity and based on willingness and desire and hard work and dedication, it will naturally starve the doubt because those people that are going to doubt you have no choice but to get behind you because they know that you're not going to quit on what you're trying to achieve. More importantly, they know that when they finally decide to do business with you, that you're not going to quit on them. And I think that's that's the part of that book that resonates with me the most. So wait, you said you had last $50 and you spent that on Grant's uh, program. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship's not easy, okay? Uh, and, and it's always easy for people to want to, you know, resolve back to that comfort zone or that steady paycheck or those types of things. And so um, I just remember sitting at my kitchen table, frustrated, down on my luck, feeling as if I'd let everybody down, my whole family down, because I knew what I wanted to do, but I, for some reason it just wasn't happening fast enough. And I'm not a very patient guy. So um, I, I got on a live stream and I saw Grant talking about how to make millions on the phone. And I knew that I could sell and I knew that that was a passion of mine. And so I, I just made the decision to spend the last money that I had at that moment on this particular program. And the rest has been history. So let's go from that moment. Uh, I, I don't want to skip ahead. Uh, you bought that program and did you start cold calling, uh, start making sales? What was the process like? Yeah, so I got I got into that program and man, I just dove in. And what I realized was that I was being, what I realized by, by watching that program and listening to that program was that too many people in the, in the world are busy being busy, not being, are, they're not busy being productive. And the only way you're ever going to cash out in life is through production. Being busy is, is, the, is a product of whether you are unorganized or whether you're confused at what you're doing, or more importantly, you're doing something you don't like to do. When people are productive, it's because they're organized, they're confident, they have the skill set, but they also love what they do. And here's what happens. You start getting results. Once you start getting results, then you get hungry for more results. And what happens? You start creating more activity. So... The process for me was simple. It's that I wasn't doing enough activity that was creating production. I was too busy being busy. So I made sure I made sure that my phone calls got more productive, meaning who were the decision makers? Why wouldn't they make purchasing decisions? Who were they doing business with? Every question was designated to lead to a productive way for me to rebut any excuse or 
to set up an opportunity for me to close business. So what were some of the behaviors you had to get rid of? Uh, I hear it time after time that people are busy uh, doing busy work that actually doesn't bring in the results. So what were some of the behaviors you had to get rid of to get those results? Well, the first thing I had to do was I had to communicate. So, you know, this is definitely for those married men out there is that you've got to learn to communicate with your family. You know, telling your wife that everything's okay or that that you wouldn't understand, that's not communication. So the first thing that I had to do was I had to get my wife on my team. Hey, this is what my day consists of. This is why I might not be as active with the boys at this moment that I need to be. This is what I need from you. And when I have downtime, what do you need from me? And by getting my whole household first on the same sheet of music took the pressure off and it allowed me to start being more productive with my time. The second thing, Simon, is that I had to get I had to get very organized with my schedule. Every hour on the hour had to be something that was of three things. It either was going to make me money, create more opportunities for me to make money or create referability for me, which would lead me to be able to be more productive and make more money. And I don't want to sound money hungry here, but, you know, I can't raise a wife and two boys on smiles and appreciation. Interesting. So everything is focused on generating revenue in a, in a way. Well, I think our whole lives are. I think everybody's life is built on generating revenue. And when I say revenue, is revenue comes in the forms of, you know, referability, opportunity, and then money. So every single day that we're creating relationships, Simon, you and I right now, we're creating opportunities and we're creating opportunities for us to become what? Referability, referable from one another which will ultimately do what for us? Help us generate more more money. So Matt, uh, I want you to look back on your journey as an entrepreneur, and you've been doing that for quite some time now. Do you have a story which has a really special place in your heart, um, a really memorable entrepreneurial moment? Could you share that story with the audience? Yeah, without question. It's my very first client. I remember on Periscope, uh, you know, you see nowadays that the hip and the trendy thing is is people generating business from online channels. And I remember in 2015 when I was launching a consult, you know, part of a consulting business and training business is that um, I was doing a periscope and I remember that I had a gentleman named Casey Buckingham out of Dyersburg, Tennessee. He, he sent me a, uh, a comment on this periscope and he said, Matt, um, hey, man, I don't know you, but I love what you're doing. I'm buying what you're selling. And I just remember responding back to him and saying, well, I'm not selling anything. And uh, after that Periscope was over, he sent me a direct message in Twitter, and he said, hey, do you mind if I call you? I said, no, not at all. I gave him my number. He called me, and he said, hey, I need to figure out how I can bring you into my life. I'm wanting to do the entrepreneurial thing. He's a Verizon. He's one of the top Verizon wireless cell phone agents in the country now. And he was my very first client that I signed, and I just remember that moment because I wasn't looking for the business, but because I had taken the chance to continue to be diligent on Periscope and deliver valuable content, I created business. That's entrepreneurship is when you can create business from nothing. That is interesting. Uh, before we talked about generating revenue and you made you, you brought in your first client ever without actually wanting it in a way. You didn't know that you were capable of that. Yes. Well, I think, um, you know, looking back on it, uh, Simon, I knew that being an entrepreneur was something that I always wanted to do. I think having a regular steady job was something that I thought I had to do. 
Um, and I don't think there's many people in the world that just want to go to work every day and answer to a boss. Okay. But what I think is more important here is that it feels really good to know that you've gone through something in your life and how, whatever it may be, it's changed you in a way that now you're able to come home and your kids no longer have to worry about getting fed and your wife no longer has to worry about putting groceries back on the counter because you don't know how much money or who's coming to cut the lights off today. It feels good to know that you as the the head of the household or, or, or the leader of your family or the leader of your own life, man, you can truly take care of people that you, you really love and you care about. And to me, that's the best part about all this. And Anything is possible, and to not sound cliche, if you're committed to taking that chance. Matt, uh, I want to come to present day. Tell me, how does your life look like uh, right now? You know, I'm probably the happiest that I've ever been uh, right now, Simon. My, I've got two beautiful boys. They're healthy. I've got a great family. Uh, I have an unbelievable wife who has always been in my corner and has never turned her back on me. I have amazing friends, and I will just tell you that um, I've got more phone calls and emails and opportunities to do business with people than I ever did before. And um, you know, I'm just very blessed and very honored to to be in this position that that God has given me. And for whatever reason, He is He has chosen me to walk this path. And I'm just so honored that uh, He's given me that chance because there are days where I don't feel that I deserve it. So what kind of role does uh, God and religion play into your business, Matt? God is a huge part. I, I believe that God is everything. I believe that, that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and that he gives me the opportunity to, to create um, this life because he handed me the tools and the talent. I just had to trust that this was the journey that, that he has for me, and I have to stay diligent to that journey. And at moments when I want to quit or at moments that might be hard or moments that I might not understand, I have to turn to him for that guidance. And uh, so um, he's at the front of everything. Matt, uh, it's been a pleasure having you in the show. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask you about happiness. And we've been talking about happiness throughout this whole podcast. But tell me what brings you joy and really, really makes you happy. You know, what really brings me joy, Simon, is to wake up in the morning and have a have a cup of coffee out of a brand new carrying machine that my in-laws got me for Christmas. Okay, that's a huge thing. Uh, but to know that I have the ability to pick my children up from school when I want to, uh, watch movies with them when I, want, when I want to, and still have a business that functions and makes me money, um, to me, that's what brings me the most joy is that I can provide for my family literally 24 hours, seven days a week. And I don't have to sacrifice a ton of time right now to do that. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. If you could leave the audience with just one last piece of advice, last final thought, what would that be, Matt? I would tell your audience this, that, that your current situation is not your defining moment. But more than that, what I would tell them, Simon, is that success is not measured by what you step out of. Not a car, not a suit, not a watch, not a bank account, none of that. What it is measured by is what you're committed to step into. Are you, are you committed to step into your faith? Are you committed to step in to your dreams? Are you committed to step in to a relationship that's going to help you grow? When you make the commitment to do those things, I will promise you that success will be abundance. And it's not necessarily going to show up in money first. It, it might show up in other ways. But true success 
is never measured by what you step out of, rather by what you're committed to step into. Let's end on that note. Thank you so much for coming in, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.